We're going to be in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 24. We've been walking through Acts for a year and a half, almost two years, and we're going to continue to walk verse by verse because context is really, really key when you're looking at the Bible. You can jump into the middle of a story and make it say whatever you want if you don't know what's happening. And so Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 24 is what we're looking at. Um, I loved being a wrestler in high school because I was a little guy. I mean, I don't know what happened. Like, I'm really, sw- I'm really swole now. But then I was really tiny. I didn't have this m- muscular frame that I have now. And... Jay, you can't sit in the front anymore, bud. I'm telling you. He's up here talking trash. Okay. So I, I loved being this, this scrawny little wrestler in high school because we would get the big guys like Jared Ashita, show us your pipes, man. He would, he would come up and he would, he would tower over me and, and he would want to wrestle, but he was just a football player. I loved wrestling the big, strong, proud dudes that were like, I could beat you. You're just a scrawny little wrestler. Like It was one of my favorite things to do. Because, Jeremiah, since you're leaving, why don't you come here? You can't sue me, so it's all right. <laughs> I, 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 just, to, just to let you know what I would do, here, let's act like this, okay? Is that you're big, you're strong, I'm scrawny, whatever. You don't know anything about wrestling. I kind of know a little bit about it. I know you do, though, so we'll just go with that. What I would love to do is I would love to come out strong, and they're like, oh, no, he's, this scrawny guy's not going to beat me. And so they would push their momentum into me, and I, I, would, I would jump at them like that, and next thing that they're going to do is they're going to try to run me over. So I would do that, he'd try to run me over, and my secret, by the way, was this arm. This is all I cared about right here, because at that point, all I did when he ran is I just fell and kept this arm and threw him to the ground. So by the way, if any of you want to wrestle me, I'll do that. That's the only move I know. So... We're not going to do that, but thanks for the illustration today. I should have had a mat. Then I could have thrown you. It would have been amazing. (laughs) Using their momentum to destroy them with my arm roll was amazing. I loved doing that. After you put a strong guy on his back, he's willing to be coached. After I, like, have him lay in there, they're like, what happened? I'm like, you're weak. Actually, you're strong. But let me show you some things. The next time, they would destroy me. So I, only ha- I just had that one time that I could do it. But putting a strong guy on his back after they've been weakened, after they're like, what's going on? They're willing to be coached. I, I kind of look at our message today in light of that, and I kind of look at it with that illustration. I want to I read some stuff here. This is Paul. They're on their second missionary journey. They're going into unknown lands, and they're telling people about this God that, that typically the Jewish people have been serving all along. Um, and he's, he's given them a new, a new message. And so let's read this. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 24. <clears throat> Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Now, now I want to pause, and we'll see if we get to the rest of this passage with our time. But I want to pause, and I want to talk about some things on this. Have you 
ever had your head down just doing your own thing? Just proud, just strong, just this is what I'm going to do. Your head down doing your own thing. And God taps you on the shoulder, just, just slightly taps you on the shoulder. And you're like, hold up, God, wait a second. Like, wait a second. I'm, I'm finishing what you asked me to do. Like, my head's down. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this thing. Hold up, God. And after a bit of time, you start experiencing maybe a little bit of a, a lack of joy in what you're doing. And, and it's maybe about that time that you look up and, and you're like, um, what's going on? And you look up and God's got a smirky smile. You know what I'm talking about? And You guys all have smirky smiles. Some of you are giving to me right now. Like, you look up in this lack of joy and God's looking at you and he has this smirky smile on his face and you realize, oh God, you were moving in my life. Thanks for being patient with me. What did you want? And what do you want? All along, you, you were focused on your head being down and doing this thing or living life or being strong or being intellectual or whatever it may be. You're here. God's been tapping you on the shoulder, and you're so focused on your day and day life that you didn't even realize that God was tapping you on a shoulder. And then when you look up, he's got a big, loving, smirky smile. And he's like, I've been patiently waiting for you. We're going to enjoy tomorrow because I'm changing things up today. In verse 17, well, let's read verse 16 and 17 here. Uh, once, when we were going to the place of prayer, Paul is going to this place of prayer like he's on mission, right? He's a missionary. You go to this place of prayer. That's what you do, right? He, once, when you were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. I would love to take her to Las Vegas, or at least to, to Loaf and Jug. Is that Loaf and Jugs? What are they? Come and go. Buy a lottery ticket or something. Like, pick my numbers. Like, okay, you get it? The owners loved having her. I would too. This would be incredible. Verse 17, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting. Now, pick up what she's shouting. These men are servants of the Most High God. She's already respected for being a fortune teller, right? And now she's following Paul, who is going to the place of prayer, because that's important. And what is she shouting? She's shouting, these servants, uh, these men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. That sounds amazing, right? Verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Did you see that? She kept doing this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. I want to point out a couple things, and that's why I'm like, context is key. People know scripture, know the stories, know what's going on, because you can make the say whatever you want, but when you dive down into nuance of what's happening here, God shows us some amazing things. When you look at the words, the most high God, um, someone living in Philippi, the, where they're at right now, during this time, the Most High God would probably mean Zeus or Isis or Baal. They worship these Most High Gods, one of the pantheons of gods that they would serve. So when this lady is going and saying, they are servants of the Most High God, the people are not automatically thinking the Jewish 
monotheistic. There's only one God and one way. They're thinking they're, it's getting lost in translation. So from the beginning, it's getting lost in translation. When, when she's saying they serve the most high God, what people are hearing is it could be one of many. Because God is big. And I also want to point out another thing. It says that she's a servant, or, or these men are the servant of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. And what I thought was really interesting when I was looking at this passage in the Greek, when you're looking at this, the original Greek, there's no article that is part of the way. So there's, it just says the way. So there's no article that's part of that sentence. So what she's proclaiming when she says, they're, she, they're the servants of the Most High God and who are telling you the way, what she's not saying is the only way. She's saying a way. She's proclaiming that they're, they are preaching one of many ways to God because she never ties an article to that way in the original context. So what she is saying, she's going behind Paul and saying, listen to these men because they're preaching up that there's one true God and follow the way. And what she's saying is there's many gods and there's many ways to God. Or, I wasn't there, I don't know. That's one way, as you look at the text, you can read it. Or, I kind of like this way, she's a great marketer. She knows how to market herself. Like, she's already famous and making lots of money and a fortune tailor, and all of a sudden, here comes along Paul and the whole tribe of people, and she's like, if I can attach myself with them, I'm even more like sought after because people are listening to them. So she's a great marketer. She's making her owners more money by being where the action is. Like the action is at this point with Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. They were on fire. Maybe she's just a great marketer. So as I, as I look at these verses right here, context is key for verse 16 and 17. And then we get to verse 18. Verse 18, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. I'm asked this question all the time, and I think this really points to a good question, and that is, what is the difference between religion and Christianity? If you're looking at this scripture and you're talking about this, it doesn't read, this scripture does not read, by my good life, my education, my proving myself to God, I command you to come out of her. What does this read? When Paul says it, he doesn't say because of me. It reads, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Church, it's what Jesus has done, not what I do or don't do. That's powerful. That's the difference between Christianity and religion. That's the difference between Christianity and the plethora of religions that are in the world. It's because of what Jesus has done, not because of what I am or what I'm not. And Paul gets this message, and he, he's getting annoyed by this, this girl that's going around and spreading lies. And he gets this message, and he turns around, and he says, it's, it's because of Jesus, not because of me. And he says this message. Verses 16 through 18, as you look at them here, highlights the importance of listening and following the guiding of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As cool as this is, Paul kept missing what God was saying. Did you catch this? I'm putting a twist on this now. 
Paul was missing what God was saying because what did it say? For days she kept annoying, right? For days she kept annoying. And I just, I want to propose that Paul was missing what God was saying. Finally, Paul looked up from his busy, good work of going to the place of prayer. And God was able to set someone free. Do you see this? Paul had his head down. He was going to the place of prayer. Along comes this annoying servant that's proclaiming just trash talk. And he, I don't know, I bet he had conversations with her like, shut up. You're annoying. Stop. Like, days, this is going on. And finally, when Paul realized what God was doing, he looked up, and not his own words. He says, in the name of Jesus, and she set free. That's the difference between Christianity and religion. We are set free. As they were going about the serious business, along came a subtle distraction called this woman. This annoyed Paul to the point he stopped what he was doing and addressed the woman. I wonder if for days God was trying to get his attention and he wouldn't listen. His important duties were insignificant compared to what God had planned. Paul was the inexperienced wrestler that was going to overpower the scrawny little guy. And once Paul was on his back and had his, God as his attention, Paul was able to rearrange his life. And he realized for days God had been asking him something incredible. Church, church. <laughs> church, look up from your busy work and walk in the Holy Spirit. Look up from your busy work and walk in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is working in our lives every day if we're going to take the time to pay attention. God is in the business of setting the captives free. However, in my life, He is, he is more in the business of cooperating with me as He uses me to set the captives free. Guess what that means? It means that he is patient, first of all, with me, and he will let me walk around for days doing my own busy work about my own important stuff. And once I realize that busy work is meaningless and I look up and call on his name, that's when the real power comes in. And that's when I get to walk how God created me to walk, that's when I put in a little effort and God exponentially grows the results. That's when God's math lesson blows my mind. One plus one equals two when I'm doing the math and when I'm living life the way I know how to live life. But when I'm doing God's math, one plus one equals three or four or five when I'm letting God do the math and I'm following the leading of Jesus Christ in my life. Luke 4, 
chapter 18 through 19 says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Side note, when we are at our end, we can call out for Jesus. He proclaims, he has set the captives free, he gives freedom. He sets us free. Here's where I want to hit a pause today in this neat little message. Because just in my own little world, in my little sphere, I've had five people this week pass away. A few very tragic. You know Chad Harding. His father passed away this morning suddenly. Love him, pray for him. I know five, just this week. It's been a hard week for a lot of people. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Carl Brock's father passed away. After having a stroke, trying to make it for a couple days, and it didn't, didn't work out. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Why, church, would we put our head down with busy work, if we're not guaranteed tomorrow? Why would we claim to be Christians if all we're going to be is apathetic? It's time to wake up. It's time to let the Holy Spirit move in our lives, to wake up with a smile. It doesn't mean you have to do anything beyond that. It means you get to wake up and know that God just super duper loves you. And he's patiently waiting as you're going about your busy work. So when you do look up, You realize he's been tapping your shoulder, and he's got a smirk on his face. It just says, I love you. Not because of what you've done or haven't done. Not because of the great things or the bad things. I just stink and love you. And when you realize that, it's really easy to follow the great commandment of the Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This Christianity thing is really simple. It's about Jesus, it's been from Jesus, it's for Jesus, and it's about loving other people. And in light of this today, if you have a cell phone, would you please take it out? You can go to Facebook if you want, or Instagram. But I just just have a feeling that if you take a couple seconds... God's going to put three people on your mind. And now is when you get to send a text, like I did to a few people this morning, that just says, I love you, and I know you love me, thanking God for you today. No, you didn't. No, you you got a different text, but it was just as much love, wasn't it, Deb? Yeah, it was. Pretty much just family, so don't get offended if I didn't text you, okay? I love you, and I know you love me. Thanking God for you today. Literally, let's take a couple seconds, minutes here to text your three people. Like, do it now. I got time. I just imagine you've got time. By the way, it may be someone you've recently been in a fight with. 
One of the one of the people I had to text this morning was a guy I haven't talked to for two years. I mean, nothing really bad. It's just I hadn't talked to him in two years. His text back to me was pretty amazing. I mean, if this really is about loving Jesus, and if Christianity is the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the whole world is about a relationship with Jesus and what he's done and finding our identity in him and then loving others, a text is super insignificant, but it could be super huge. By the way, some of you may need to stand up right now, go outside and call this person. Like This is when the rubber meets the road. Who cares about what happens? In fact, I'm done. I'm not going to continue on the text here. We can hit it next week. Who cares what happens in the next of the text? All we see here is that Paul was going about his busyness. God was tapping him on the shoulder saying, I love you and I love this servant girl and I love the world at large and church. Let's just imitate that. Out of our love for Jesus and our identity found in him, we can love others, can't we? The people that he's given us. Who just texted me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I love you too, man. Um, this is a good message. And I think it's good to stop right there. I'm going to pray for us. Keep texting. Leave the room and call if you need to. Um, I think that's why I'm really excited for even next week. Like we're not opening the Bible next week. Oh, a church that's not opening their Bible. What are we doing? We're like square dancing and having a great time and enjoying each other because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're just going to love each other and we're going to love God through this life. We're going to figure it out together. And I just got to think that God's put us, Church Project, in Greeley, Colorado, to really share this simple message. It's okay to square dance. It's okay to love each other. And I just got to believe there's no reason this room should not be filled with people from Greeley that need to hear that message. So maybe this week, you loving others and loving God is grabbing someone by the tail and saying to them, you better be there this morning. <laughs> God, thank you for today. Thank you first and foremost for who you are. You saw the importance of love. Loving every man and woman on the face of the planet. Loving so much that, God, you continually take our beatings, the penalty of sin, the wrong, the error, the shame. You took that to the cross. And your innocent blood washed over all of that for all my past, current, and future sins or mess-ups, mistakes. And God, you continue to love every human, tapping all of us on the shoulder. So when we finally stop the busyness and we finally stop being distracted, we look up and see that smirky smile that just says you love us. And God, I pray that we can take that moment and we can share it with others. We can tell, we can show, and we can love the way you have. 
for those of us in the room today that we just don't feel like we're worthy of love, God, I pray that you break that down. Show us who you are. Show us how much you love us. Show us how much you've chased after us, regardless of what we've done or haven't done. I pray that all of us in this room will leave feeling more love than when we came. We'll be focused on you, not on the busyness of this world, the stuff that's going to be fleeting. We would focus on you and your people. We would love the people around us. We'd be encouragers. We'd be preachers of the gospel. We'd be livers of the gospel. We would speak hope in where there's hopelessness. God, we would be light where there's darkness. On the college campus, in our workplaces and spaces, in our homes, in our relationships, we would be the people that would bring heaven to earth. When others are confused, being hurt, and being destroyed, may you remind us that we're not to walk in fear, but we're to walk in love. And we're to love the way you have, God. We thank you for this amazing message. And pray that in light of this, we would worship you. We would worship you in song here in a minute. We would worship you by sending texts or sending phone calls. We would worship you wherever we go. Run us over with your love. Let us not be the proud man or not be the proud woman trying to have our own way. May we look at you knowing that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We give you our lives today. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, would you stand and in light of this, I don't think of anything better to do but then to just worship God. So let's worship God.